Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. We are here with possibly my favourite episodes of the A to Z. It's the Lulu tracks. Um, we're here with yet another song. Um, we are digging into Dragon this time. And just before we do, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you know it so well. Um, just before we do, uh, get us, get in touch with us, metallicapod.gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, you want to do a song like today's guest, uh, please get in touch. I've got a hell of a lot of the alphabet um, booked up pretty much next year or so. But anything from J onwards is available. Lots and lots of songs in M. Um, you know, I haven't got anyone for My Apocalypse or My World or Nothing Else Matters. Or, you know, there's lots of tracks in there. So if you want to come on the show, get in touch with metallicapod.gmail.com. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Twitter. Um, you know, get in touch with us on Patreon as well if you want to support on Patreon. That's greatly appreciated. But um, I just want to jump straight into this song, and I'm very happy to be welcoming back someone that I've had on the show a few times now. Um, we initially tackled the Grammy Award-winning, God, it hurts to say that, uh, Carpe Diem Baby. Um, and I also, <laughs> John featured on the first of um, editions of a quiz show on Alpha Metallica called Metalla Champ. I don't think enough people have been watching that. In my sort of clouded view, I thought it was going to go viral very quickly, but clearly, <laughs> <laughs> clearly it hasn't. Clearly no one cares, but I don't care because it was a great episode and John's yeah. a great guest. John, how you going, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. Right, of course. And... I mean, you're obviously a dedicated Metallica fan. We've established mm-hmm. that through your incredible reservoirs of trivia, um, as, well, <laughs> as well as your reservoirs, <laughs> as well as your uh, uh, like. I was, I, I don't know. I, I was watching a lot of Mastermind um, just to take a quick detour over Christmas, mm. which is a UK-based show that I'm sure many people will be aware of. And one of the best things about the show is that um, you can have a specialist subject, pretty much about whatever you want, including music. And mm. Metallica never came up, and that's kind of what we do with Metallica Champ. And it'd be great to see that, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think they did. I think there was one round. I think somebody did it on Iron Maiden mm. once. Mm. Maybe there was a Metallica one. No, I think no, there was definitely not, a metal not. band. I've, I've looked. Yeah, I've, lo- I've looked through the Wikipedia archives. There's, yeah. been, a, there's been a Sopranos one. Um, yeah. You know, there's been any any musician you can think of, like you say, as well. Um, Scottish Lighthouses was on one of the episodes that I watched, which was incredibly niche. And talking about incredibly niche, um, we're getting to Lulu, which even for the most <laughs> diehard Mastermind contestant fan, they're not really going to know this album. They're probably not going to care. Um. No, well, uh, well, it, I remember when it came out and uh, lots of fans cared very deeply oh, uh, about it, but not necessarily in a positive way. No, Pitchfork gave it 1.0 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, there was another uh, there was another review by um, the writer Chuck Klosterman mm-hmm. on a website called Grantland, which was uh, which uh, I quote: "If the Red Hot Chili Peppers acoustically covered the twelve worst yeah. Primus songs for Starbucks, <laughs> it would still be slightly better than this." Yeah, I uh, I read that exact quote <laughs> out to uh, out to John Whitmore on our Brandenburg Gate episode, uh, yeah. which was the first one. We then I, I then did cheat on me solo. Because I think it was one of the songs that just no one was interested in doing. So um, I just had to sort of tackle that one. And that one's a shorter one um, with Mm -hmm. James on vocal. But getting to this song as a whole, you know, there is no backing vocal. You know, it is purely Metallica as, you know, the band in this sense. And Lou Reed as the singer. Lou Reed as the artist, I suppose, to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know, in the same way that David Bowie, you don't think, oh, it's his band. You think, no, it's him. And he's kind of pulling the strings or whatever. And um, are, are you a Lou Reed fan? Not really, other than Perfect Day, which is, sure. you know, the, the I suppose the hit, but no, not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to a little bit of him. I sort of discovered him through those sort of songs as well, like on various sort of indie film soundtracks. 
But um, I, yeah. I listened to Transformer, which is kind of his famous album, <coughs> I guess. It's sort of his, him looking very gothic and drained mm. on the cover. And mm-hmm. I expected something avant-garde. I expected something challenging. I think I was yeah. like 17 or something, classic six-form sort of era. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually quite accessible. It's actually yeah. quite pop-driven guitar stuff, quite glammy, quite Strokes-esque to a certain extent without the sort of clever guitar work, but still very compelling. Mm. Lulu's a different piece, though. Lulu, Just a bit. <laughs> Lulu... You know, I, it's Cthulhu. You know what I mean? There's, there's sort of something quite monstrous about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And in fact, that's a that's a perfect way to sort of link into this song because right. this song is very, very yeah. monstrous and dark and 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 quite horrible, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the opening stuff is quite vintage Metallica to a certain extent. It's kind of warbles. It, it's it's kind of you know it reminds me a bit of Damage Inc. The intro. You know, sort yeah. of reversed sort of ideas there that, you know, Cliff would always yeah. do. And I quite like that part. Yeah. And then we, you know, we get into Lou um, talking over the song, um, saying, <laughs> say, saying you don't even care, which after listening to this a few times, like, yeah, you're right, I don't. <laughs> well, uh, I figured you'd probably take that tack uh, because <laughs> if you don't like Load, which is way more accessible than this, sure. then you're definitely not going to like this. <laughs> um, what do you like about this song? Well, um, I, I got Lulu uh, relatively relatively quickly after it came out, and I remember putting it on the, my iPod and, and and using it to listen to listen to it as I went to work. Mm. And about maybe I don't know ten fifteen minutes into it, I was like, I can't listen to this. It's far too um, intense and sort of you know it's too weird and challenging for a, a, you know a train journey. Mm-hmm. So coming <laughs> back to this album uh, and specifically this song sort of with almost fresh ears i actually uh, i really like it mm. i really i really do like this song because it's evil and dark yeah. and weird and once you get past the whole you know lou is a sounds like you know you're sort of you know your uncle at christmas mm-hmm, who's had mm-hmm. a bit too much brandy and he's in the corner just warbling away to himself oh, yeah. randomly once you get past that or if you can accept that as a sort of a stylistic choice mm. I, I think then the the song sort of uh, opens up a bit more, and you can start to appreciate it as yeah. a as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I, I was I was playing slightly there because yeah, I, yeah. a lot of it has grown on me. And I mm. think I think where I like Lou best vocally is when he's dragging out quite poignant phrases. I think when yeah. he gets to parts of the song where he's listing things such as vulvas, etc., um, <laughs> it works in its own kind of assault. But yeah. you know when he's sort of like, I thought you were listening. The way he sort of mangles hallucination especially yeah. in the intro i think he's really effective yeah i mean he, he, he he's not he's not shy about repeating a line mm-hmm. that's one <laughs> thing you know if he if he likes a, a lyric he'll he'll say it oh, a yeah. bunch of times but there are some really some really sort of and across the whole album but there's some really good lyrics in there the two that i picked out were later on in the song but right. the, the line your heart on your sleeve a red star of idiocy mm. And I thought, God, that's quite, you know, because most people sort of associate of like hearts on your sleeve as like I'm being honest and open and, you know, mm. but actually he's twisting it and saying, you know, you, there's a negative context to that. Yeah. And um, and what was the other one? Oh, thinking of you is another way of dying. Right. It's like, you know, this is quite, <laughs> lyrically for me, I, there was lots of parallels between, you know, this album and his lyrics and also the Nick Cave album. Uh, murder ballads right yeah yeah i i Um, I, I, slight slight weightsian influences were mm. well to a certain extent but very far away from hetfield lyrically oh yeah i mean just you know a complete a complete 180 uh you know i mean but he did get james to say the line i am the table so (laughs) 
You know, it yeah, swings yeah, around yeah. about. Small town girl, he sings in Brandenburg Gate repeatedly mm. as well. And, you know, this is what's so cool about this record to a certain extent, yeah. that Metallica are adopting different positions, different interpretations. You know, they aren't yeah. being quite brave here. Like, you know, yeah. fair enough, you hate Lulu, whatever. I understand that. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever, but I admire it immensely that this giant rock band that could do whatever the hell they want, they could do the yeah. Guns N' Roses, you know, we're just going to go on these huge stadium doors, ACDC, Kiss, whatever, you know. Uh, I know you're a Kiss fan, shout out to Stats of Thunder. Um, but, uh, you know, they could have just gone gone along this route really but they just decided to collab with lou you know they, yeah. they, they, they did it and they're metallica so it's a huge thing even if it's a little minor thing and here they're the backing band for mm-hmm. a long period of time you know this is a long record this is a long song it's actually the third <laughs> longest song on the album though it's yeah. not even the longest song um yeah. you know uh, cheat on me is slightly longer at 11 25 and junior dad is 19 minutes 30 and throughout yeah. that, it's Metallica uh, at the back of it, making this music. And yeah. I, I like seeing them in an accompanying format. Yeah, I mean, the, the key thing for me over the years, is the more I come back to this album, the more I keep coming back to the idea that the reason, taking aside personal preference and whether you like a song or not, I think a part of the backlash against this album was that people were thinking it was going to be a Metallica album. Oh, yeah. And it isn't. No. It's Lou Reed with Metallica. So as you say, they're the backing band. They, 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 you know, James comes in here and there and, and, and provides support. But essentially, it's a Lou Reed project with Metallica, his band, like you said, Bowie earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that once you step away and you think, I'm not going to get Battery, I'm not going to get, you know, um, Bad Seed, and I'm oh, not yeah. going to get, you know, um, My Apocalypse and those sorts of things and then try and view it through a different prism, Mm. I think that you're going to get, hopefully people will sort of understand that actually this is a completely separate beast. And also the other thing is that this is exactly what Metallica have always done. They've always been the band that have said, we do what we want. We Mm -hmm. don't give a fuck about what people say or what people think we do things for ourselves first. And they've always gone against the trend right back to 84 with fade to black on uh, ride the oh, lightning yeah. to um you know quote unquote selling out with the black album mm-hmm. cutting their hair they, you know, they've always done things for themselves and i think that if you want almost to do the purest essence of that attitude is this album i think mm-hmm. 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 and you know mute, let, let, talking strictly about what's down here you know on tape it's kind of mm. a a caustic backwash isn't it, it, it it's yeah. noise to a certain extent especially the intro mm. and the outro but mainly it's centered around one riff really a sort of yeah. you know power chord shuffle that a lot of the people in the youtube comments are like this is the greatest metallica riff ever you know this is the greatest mm. riff for 15 years I, I, I don't really hear it john i, I don't mind it but it's not like no. a crazy good riff it's not the greatest riff in 15 years, and no. people who are saying that really probably need to see some sort of ear doctor. What but what it doing? is, yeah. is an amazing, <laughs> amazingly unsettling mm. and kind of queasy riff because mm. it fits with the it fits with the lyrics. You know, the song is about a murder. The song mm. is about murder, about obsession, about murdering the the apple of your eye, the, some, the thing that you yearn for, you know, this the, the character in the story of Lulu. You know, it, it's about the obsession overspilling into the only way that I can truly um, have you and own you is by killing you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, the, yeah, the riff is repetitive, um, but like like the album in itself, you know, the, the, the music is almost secondary, you know, in a way. Yeah. The focus is on the stories, on the lyrics, and, and the music is there to sort of bolster that, you know. Like yeah. the guitar solo, I'm doing air quotes yeah. here. You know, that is, yeah. that the placement of that 
solo in the song is right before the murder takes place. Yes. Yeah. So that 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 just that, but essentially what is you you get you know a minute or two of 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 noise of just this frantic frenzied sort of crumbling of a mind you know and 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 you know that it's leading to this moment of of you know death yeah yeah thinking about you as another way of dying as you said before is mm. is that line that that ushers it in and yeah. there's just there's lots of great writing throughout lyrically you know yeah. just intimate moments and images i'm clawing your chest till your collar blown collar yeah. bone bleeds mm. um which i just yeah piercing your nipples till i bite them off you know yeah. slightly 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 it's, more up there but it's you know it's it works and, it's and, dark. and <laughs> it is very dark and i just want to go back quickly to that solo mm. which i think you place well so format you know thematically so well um there i didn't really consider that but you're so right that is it's so effective in that context but you know as a thing of itself i criticize kirk on the podcast especially his later era i know that <laughs> i do and yeah. i i kind of like this it's kind of like it's almost like someone could press a button on a keyboard and it would make this sound but yeah. i'm glad that kirk does it yeah and i mean this is definitely you know it <sighs> It's an album, I suppose, that plays to their strengths. You've got James and he's got these chuggy riffs. He's got this groove, this heaviness. You've got Rob underpinning it all oh, yeah. as he does, you know, just being the backbone of the band. You've got Kirk who's can do all his little weird things and his little expressions. And then this, this album, Lars, he must have been in his element because Lars loves an inappropriate fill. Right. And he loves, you know, if he's like Lou lyrically, but with drums, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing six times in one bar. Mm-hmm. and um you know he's he's really it's almost it's almost like a jazz sort of vibe because at times they sound like they're playing four different songs mm-hmm. you know that lou has no interest in um you know um harmonizing or or, or melody or oftentimes yep. meter and rhythm it's <laughs> yeah. just or I've sense got this, yeah. yeah indeed yeah you know i've got this shit to say and i'm gonna say it and i've got these four <laughs> you know legends behind me banging away in the background (laughs) i'd like to see other collabs like you know what i mean i'd like to see nick Nick cave and and like machine head like just like (laughs) just like why not let's just throw these guys together right yeah you're right this is this is and this is the first this has ever happened like if tom waits teams up with trivium in the future (laughs) then you know it wouldn't be the first to happen it is a podcast right right tom Um, waits and trivium well, I, <laughs> I actually Good did a Tom Waits podcast beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just shamelessly plugging that now, but down in the hole if you want to listen to it, it's on YouTube. But um, yeah, this is a, yeah, it, you're convincing me, you know, talking about this track, because I have listened to it a lot. And I yeah. find often with the podcast, what happens is I listen to a song intensely for a week or so and do the mm-hmm. podcast. And the next week it's stuck in my head, even though I'm not listening to it. Like it just yeah. kind of penetrated certain lines or certain things. And this has infiltrated uh, my psyche. Definitely. And yeah. the title as well, you know, very simple, not really evocative dragon, very mysterious, but it gives you this mm. sort of Excalibur conqueror and, you know, ultimate murder uh, at the heart yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There's a, there's a lot of sort of back, I mean, I did a bunch of research for this, and there's, a, you know, there's a there's a lot of backstory, like an actual story. There's two plays um, that that form these uh, the ideas behind this um, 
uh, behind this album from a, a, a German a German author called uh, Frank Wedekind, and they were, you know, conceived as one play, but they they're two separate pieces that tells a story of a sexually enticing young dancer who rises through the society, you know, with wealthy men, but later falls into poverty and prostitution. Mm. So, it's this sort of um, almost like epic tale, and the thing that when I was listening to this, as you said, you listened to it over and over again, and I started to think, well, I don't know anything about these plays, so I thought I'd have a quick look into it. And I started to read about it, and I thought, actually, this is quite interesting, because this is actually representative of the album as a whole. Because what I didn't realise, I did drama in school, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sort of familiar with these different um, types of theatre, and the two sort of main types of theatre you get is the sort of Stanislavski, the sort of the natural way you're, they're in, in the character, they become the character, you know, you're like your Daniel Day-Lewis style of thing. And then there's this other school of thought, which is the Brechtian theatre, which is a, a, about challenging the audience. So there's lots of different techniques, the use of music and narrators, and they want the, he wanted the audience to leave and right. uh, be challenged and think. And that's, uh, and this author, Vedekin, was a, a sort of a precursor to that style of theater called epic theater so it was it's it's it, it this style of theater is all about the audience coming in and they know they're watching a play they have characters actors play multiple characters they rearrange the set in full view of the audience they speak to the audience they so it's it's about challenging the listener it's about making them think and about making them you know um uh, leave and discuss and, and and you know and often it was used for political or, right. or, or social issues and the more I started reading about this, and as I got Dragon banging away in the background, I'm starting to think, actually, that's like this album. This album is not what you get. You know, if you're going to go get a Metallica album, you have an idea mm -hmm. of what you're going to get. And then this appears, and you're like, this is nothing like yeah. I've ever heard before, and it's challenging me. And oftentimes, it resulted in people going, this is shit. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of Brechtian metal. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, very, very, yeah, very. Well, there were links to that. You know, you got you got bands. If you look at like the punk bands, you know, the bands that that sang about social uh, issues. You know, oh, yeah. that's very much Brechtian as well in its construct. Yeah, Billy Bragg, I guess. To yeah, a yeah, extent, yeah. As you know, he's taught, he's taught me a lot about fascism and its ills. So uh, <laughs> yeah. shout out, shout out to Billy Bragg and this because he is listening. He yeah. is listening. <laughs> he's a he huge, a oh, he's a huge Metallica fan. Huge I think he's coming on to do. Uh, he's coming on to do Junior Dad, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Um, You've I heard wanna, it here first. I want to. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Billy Bragg. Actually, his. Um, I've listened to him sporadically, but his latest album by with Joe Henry. Um, it's <laughs> basically all about the railways in America, and they recorded right. it journeying through America at different stations. So it's very ambient noise, and they play yeah. all old folk songs and and just all mm. old sort of outlaw country songs from the 20s and stuff it's a fucking awesome album uh mm. it has no relation to lulu but it's very gorgeous to listen to and very yeah. uplifting so if you want an antidote to yeah. uh, you know the acid of lulu which has only been played once um john uh, yes fittingly in germany yes just, you know what i mean it just it yeah. works for me uh in germany it was november 11th 2011 uh during a live radio broadcast webcast and i live radio apparently um uh, you know, we both watched this back, and I, I love the fact that we've got a live document of this mad song. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's a bunch of other songs they played as well that are on yeah. the Metallica website. But yeah, this one, what I loved about this was that there, there's a section which is the thumbnail, which is James, you know, sort of yelling. Mm. And I thought, oh, that looks like it's from a, another gig or whatever. And I watched it, and I was just taken by the fact that they're all into it, but James is properly oh, yeah. into this music. Like, he is... Oh, yeah. you, he is feeling it he's in the moment he's you know he's up by loose monitors and they're making eye contact you know he's mm -hmm. and, and this is not with the crowd 
Yeah, you know, it's not, and 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 for me, that was the sort of the biggest indicator that that at the time, and maybe, and they probably still are to this day, but at the time, they were incredibly proud of this weird, mm. fucked up, left field, like nobody expected this to happen album, and I think that that's that's something to embrace as a fan. You might not like it, but you you know, you kind of got you got to admire the fact that they knew they weren't going to be doing this and they still went with it and they still loved it and they were into it all the way yeah yeah totally and what's good about this performance as well is we get a little bit of an intro where everyone's there's a bit of a delay you know people Mm -hmm. are getting the equipment ready come on Lars James can be heard to say (laughs) um you know uh and James says that's the dragon and he's referring to the feedback yeah uh, yeah. that's coming out from the guitar which which is cool as well Lou has his guitar on as well for some reason when I listen to Lulu I always imagine him at the mic and then performing Mm. behind him but um, I guess he had his guitar for a lot of it, which is quite cool, you know. Yeah. And as you said before, yeah, James really inhabits his role as a guitarist. Um, yeah. You know, he seems unleashed away from the yeah. mic um, without having that sort of release there. He's just boiling up um, to delicious measures. And, you know, the whole thing is brilliant. I think it's a really good yeah. performance. I, I yeah. You know, it made me like the song even more as I watch this back. Yeah, and I mean, and again, to go back to, I think the, the sticking point for, for most people who were... Um, you know, overly hugely, like almost offended that it came out. I think is is Lou Reed, and I sure. get that because it's difficult. It's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, I don't particularly like um, the way he, you know, he's not. I, I wouldn't put him up there if someone said, "Do you want to listen to a Lou Reed album?" I'd probably go, "I'm okay," but. Right, right. In the context of this, and obviously we're coming into this predisposed to try and find some good in it because we are Metallica fans and nobody really wants to be wholly negative of anything that they do. But once you get the idea in your head that he's not a singer, it's not James, it's not Metallica, it is a collab, it is, I think, a pure, pure essence of collaboration. Mm. You know, and he's a beat poet, essentially. Yeah. Just they've stuck some music underneath him. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And um, I don't know if you're aware of the needle drop. Um, famed music YouTube critic Anthony Fantano, but um, yeah. this is actually his favourite song, or one of his favourite songs off the album, uh, one of his top three, which is quite interesting, and yeah, yeah I, yeah, I dig this track, I, I do genuinely you know, enjoy this and I suppose musically, it's say anger-ish you know, it's, you know yeah. a lot of this yeah. album sort of goes to that similar space um, and maybe that's why it appeals to me as well it's very, <laughs> it's very repetitive compositionally um, yeah. I think that works in its favour because, as you say, it is a kind of monologue performance, a soliloquy. You know, it yeah. works against that. But there's kind of a riff. That, well, the, well, there's the main riff, and then there's kind of a, a turn, you know, at the end yeah. of it and, and pauses and stuff. So there's a little bit of artfulness there. It's not just a riff. Yeah. Just keeping going, going, going. But, you know, um, I, I I like what it is. Any closing thoughts on Dragon? Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's the album and you know the song the song is part of a bigger piece of theater you know it's meant to be challenging and forced you into into some sort of position to not be passive you know and and i think that it's uh it's jarring and and uh, what was the word i was thinking oh it's defiant you mm. know it challenges you and, and i think it's a credible and interesting work of art and it's a tough album to get through and a tough song to get through but then sometimes i think the best art is that kind of challenging you know something that pushes you to a point an emotion positive or negative that you have to assess why you know i think for that 
alone the challenge itself it's it, it's you know it's it's a very very good song mm, mm, mm. yeah I, I, I entirely agree and um you know i appreciate it's a huge step away from a lot of the standard metallica you know that everyone beloves but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth investigating maybe you just listen to this episode and not really listen to the song uh definitely go revisit it um, I should say definitely check out as well. Me and John um, are just about to uh, record another episode. We're going to be looking at the Bridge School benefit, um, the first of Metallica's free appearances there in 97, I believe. I should know that off the top of my head, but I think it was uh, <laughs> around then. So definitely check out that episode as well. Um, but as ever, John, this has been great to have you on chatting about the songs. Thanks, man. No, and I want to urge everyone to check out our past episodes as I say, Carpe Diem Baby and Metalla Champ. Um, you know, follow us at Metallica Pod. Get in touch if you want to come on the show. Patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica if you want to help support everything that goes on the channel, goes in their first kind of little preview service. Leave us a review on iTunes as well if you want to support. Thank you to everyone for listening, especially if you listen to this episode because it means you probably like the show more than you <laughs> like the song and you just want to hear what we say about it. But, um, John, yet yeah, again, thank you again, man. Cheers, man.